right, cool. Um, all right, so get your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, that also sounded really like mean. I'm so sorry. I think I might have a gift card in my desk that I'll give to you, maybe, because um, I feel really bad. What? Okay, yeah, exactly. You can be mean anytime. Uh, all right, so let's get your Bibles out. Also, what you'll maybe find in the center of uh, this row or the end of this row is a piece of paper and a pen. I know pieces of paper and pens are kind of unfamiliar objects to you nowadays, but um, there is a paper, there's pen. You will notice that there are some words on it. We will be talking about what those words are. If you don't have one, maybe there wasn't enough in your row to hand it over to every single person, just raise your hand. We have some extras. We have about 70 of them. We should have a enough for everybody. Um, I have one right here if anybody needs one. So these will come into play kind of towards the end of this teaching. Um, Also, as you're getting your Bibles out, uh, whether you have a paper Bible or an electronic Bible, we would love for you to turn to Psalm chapter 56. Luis, your cup just fell over. Um, Psalm 56, Psalms um, is like dead middle of your Bible. If you have a paper Bible, if you literally go to the middle and open it up, um, you're most likely going to find Psalms. Um, We're going to be in Psalm 56. If you're using an electronic Bible, like on a phone or a tablet, mobile device, whatever, um, go to the YouVersion Bible app, bottom right-hand corner, tap more, and then tap events, and then you'll see events that are populated. Tap on the Bethel Youth one and save that event. All of our sermon notes will be there as well as a link to our audio podcast if you miss any of our sermons we upload there. So as you're kind of getting acclimated to Psalm 56, I want to give you um, just a kind of synopsis of what we have covered in our teaching series on prayer the last four weeks. Uh, So the first week, Uh, was we talked about the foundation of prayer. And kind of the main thought of this sermon was the effectiveness of our prayers is not based on uh, how many words or the polishedness of our words. And the text that we are rooted in for this uh, sermon was Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. Um, The next week we talked about prayers of lament. And we talked about how lament is unique to Christians because it's not just experiencing sorrow or grief. It is about feeling those things, but also bringing those things to God in order to trust him deeper. And the text that we are rooted in was in Psalm chapter 13. Um, The third week of our series, we talked about prayers of petition. And prayers of petition are a way for Christians to bring the things that are weighing on your heart and on your mind and to give them to God. And our text um, in Philippians chapter 4, verses four through seven, it taught us that that God gives us peace when we give those things to him and that peace surpasses whatever we could understand. And then last week, um, Kaylee and I uh, tag teamed a sermon about fasting and prayer. Can we just give a huge hand to Kaylee? If you were here last week, where is she? Oh, she's right there. Um, Kaylee is our school of ministry intern, and she is doing an incredible job. She is learning so much. She is eager to learn, and she did a fantastic job presenting God's word last uh, last Wednesday. And I'll just give a pr- brief plug to school of ministry. If vocational ministry um, is something that you would like to do, like you want to be a pastor or be in some um, in some way, shape, or form of ministry, I would love to talk with you after uh, not. 
I don't want to talk to you after you graduate high school, but like I want to talk to you now about what you might want to do after high school. Um, we have a program here at Bethel Church that we partner with Northwest University. We offer um, eight different bachelor's degrees, and um, we would love to just talk with you about what it might look like to pursue your education through school of ministry. Um, and yeah, so Kaylee did an amazing job. If you missed it, go to our Spotify and listen to that. Um, but we, what we talked about was fasting and prayer. Um, Kaylee taught that fasting is a temporary denial of food or things to be more aware of what God has for your life and to grow closer to him. And the main theme that we talked about was the motivation to fast and to pray is not to be seen by others, but it's in order to honor God. And we looked at Matthew chapter 6, and that's where we were rooted in that. Um, teaching. And so as we conclude our, our series on prayer, we are going to finish with talking about how to pray the Psalms. So what does it mean to pray the Psalms and why should we do it? And these are the kind of the main two questions that we are going to be exploring. But before we answer those questions, I want to give context to the passage that we are going to be looking at tonight. So the book of Psalms is a collection of Jewish poems, songs, and prayers. Many different people have authored these poems, songs, and prayers, but most notably, um, it was a man named David. David would be the king of the nation of Israel from 1010 to 970 BC, and the Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart in 1 Samuel 13. Um, the book of Psalms was also a Jewish um, common prayer book. It was used by individuals as well as in their synagogues and temples for private and public worship. And many of these songs were sung by the choirs in these synagogues. And with the, the book of Psalm being, or Psalms being a common prayer book, Jews would read, recite, and pray this collection of poems and songs regularly. Uh, Tim Keller said this about the Psalms. He says, the Psalms are both prayer and revelation about God, the perfect soil for learning prayer. He would go on to say this. He says, the Psalms teach us to pray through imitation and response. The Psalms take us deep into our own hearts, and the Psalms force us to deal with God as he is. So with the topic, praying the Psalms, we are going to be reading Psalm 56, and I want to invite my friend Reagan. Where is Reagan? Can you guys give a hand to Reagan as she comes? Um, she, she is going to read Psalm 56. Would you stand with us as we read Psalm 56? Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are not, are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they catch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not 
afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Awesome. Thank you. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. <laughs> I love it. So in this specific psalm, the writer is a, is a man named David. And you might have caught this, but he is being pursued by his enemies. Uh, he, the current king of Israel is a guy named Saul, and he was trying to kill David. David was slotted to be the next king of Israel, and Saul did not want that to happen. And Saul was trying to get rid of David. You may have noticed um, a, a little bit of a heading if you're reading in your paper Bible or on your phone. There was a, a heading that gave Psalm 56 a title. It probably reads something like this. For the director of music to the tune of a dove on a distant oaks of David, a mictum, when the Philistines had seized him in Gath. So this is kind of like a title of this, of this psalm. And if you were to do just a quick Google search, if you were to type in commentary on Psalm 56... You will read that what is most likely happening in the period of Psalm 56 um, is talked about in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15. So earlier in David's life, he defeated a famous Philistine warrior named Goliath. And in 1 Samuel 21, David flees later to these Philistines to try and find refuge from Saul, the king of Israel, who was trying to kill David. Um, and things end up not going super well for David. Let's read this account in 1 Samuel 21. It says, That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the only or the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence, and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman making marks on the door of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Akish said to his servants, look at the man. He's insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? So within these events of David being captured by this king, being in, in Gath, salivating whatever all over his beard, David would write Psalm 56. He was scared. He wanted, his enemies wanted him destroyed. And he wanted God to know how he was feeling. But within all of this, verses 3 through 4 of Psalm 56 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So Charles Spurgeon would say this about um, what's happening here in Psalm 56. He says, he feared, but that fear did not fill the whole area of his mind. For he adds, I will trust in you. It is possible then for fear and faith to occupy the mind at the same moment. So with David feeling this way, he goes to God to find comfort with what he is feeling. 
And the point of tonight's teaching is to take the words that David wrote, study those words to find its meaning and to find its themes, and then apply it to the way that we pray as believers. And this is to give you practical ways to how, of, of how to study the Psalms and then pray those Psalms. To properly understand uh, what is being said, we need to study it. And as we learn to study the Psalms, it enhances our prayers because we know what we, will, what we are to be praying, which, is, which encourages us and builds us up. So here's a brief and, and straightforward format for studying a psalm on your own. Now, this is where your paper comes into play. I want you to flip it, the full page one, where it has the bullet points. This is going to be the framework for our teaching. It's this. Read the psalm a couple of times. Second one. What is the main theme in a single phrase or sentence? And then summarize each section, because as you read the psalm, you'll notice that there are natural breaks and natural sections. So summarize each section in a sentence, and how does that relate to the main theme? The next one, write down how to pray this psalm in light of Christ, and then write meditation thoughts, uh, meditations of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So what we're going to do is um, we are going to take those different bullet points. We are going to apply them, excuse me, to Psalm 56. And we're going to see kind of how this plays out. And then in your small group, you guys are going to do Psalm 23 together. And you are going to walk through these bullet points and study Psalm 23 together. So let's go to that first bullet point. You see that on your paper or in your version notes? It says, what is the main theme in a single phrase or sentence. So if you were to read Psalm 56 about two, three, four times, you'll notice that there is a, a theme kind of coming about. You could write a sentence. As I was doing this, here's a sentence that I came up with. There can be faith in my fear because I know God sees me and I can stand on his word. So can you see that? As you kind of see the themes in Psalm 56, you can kind of see that this is a summary of this entire chapter. Okay, so what's the next bullet point? It's summarize each section in a sentence, and how does that relate to the main theme? Um, here's a little spoiler, I guess. So when I preach and I'm um, uh, going like preparing to preach a sermon, what I do is I read the passage over and over and over again. I try to do it about ten times, and then what I do is I start to take note of these different like sections within the passage, um, and then I try to explain illustrate and apply each of these different sections within the text. And so that's what you're going to do with the Psalms, and that's what we're going to do with Psalm 56. So if you were to read Psalm 56 over and over and over again, there's about six different sections. Section one is verses one through two. Kind of a summary of one through two is David looks to God for comfort in the midst of fear. Section two is verses three through four. It says David has faith in the midst of his fear because of the word of God. If you continue to read, you'll notice that section number three is, Psalms, uh, is verses five through seven. And a summary is David's enemy is working to ruin him. Section four, verses eight through nine. God hears and sees David. Section five, verses 10 through 11. David's confidence is found in the word of God. And then the final section, verses 12 through 13, David declares his deliverance from the present situation. So here's the, here's the deal. In Psalm 56, there, there are six sections. Psalm 23, 
there's going to be about three different sections. When you look at a psalm on your own, there might be two sections. There might be three. It's not limited to six. It's just when, as you read it, where are the natural flows of thought? Okay, so what's the next bullet point? The next bullet point is write down how to pray this psalm in light of Christ. So here's kind of an example of what a prayer could be like. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 that the devil is trying to devour and ruin the Christian because of their witness to the hope found in Jesus. So you can say your prayer could be, I know I can trust in God because of what Jesus has done through the cross and the resurrection. He has defeated the devil and I no longer need to fear what is to come. Okay, so what's, the, what's this last bullet point? Write a meditation thoughts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. So adoration, what does it mean to pray a prayer of adoration? What does it mean to write something of adoration? And it's simply this. How can I love and praise God based on this truth? And pray the truth of the text back to him. So for example, for Psalm 56, God, I trust you even in the midst of my fear of what is around me. And this could be an example of a confession, or here's a definition of an example. Uh, Gosh, a definition of a confession of Psalm 56. How am I failing to realize this in my life? So how am I failing to realize the truth of Psalm 56 in my own life and confess that truth or text back to God? Here's an example. When I'm faced with seemingly overwhelming circumstances, the last thing that I do is come to you with my fear. Forgive me for trusting more in other things. Okay, so what what about Thanksgiving? So how is Christ the ultimate revelation of this truth and the ultimate answer to this sin of mine? And then thank him for that. An example could be, thank you, Jesus, for your promise of peace in the midst of my fear. Even when things are chaotic around me, I know that your victory on the cross gives me peace. And then lastly, what is supplication? How does this text show me what I need from God and then ask him for that? So an example from Psalm 56 could be, thank you for being present in my fear. I need your peace to fill my mind. Help me to trust in your plan. Okay, so what we just did here was we just took these different phrase, uh, uh, we used these different bullet points in Psalm 56 to break it down. And you can see that as you start to ask these questions and as you start to look at the passage, you can see these different things developing. And what we just walked through is a simple way for us to pray the word of God over ourselves. And using this method of looking at a psalm to deepen our trust in God. It's giving us language to God's promises. It it helps us, it aligns us with how we need to trust in the midst of uncertainty. It's important to remember back to week one of the series when we're talking about prayer and especially praying the Psalms. It's not the number of our words. It's not the eloquence of our words. It's the posture of your heart in prayer. So reading, studying, and praying scripture also reminds our souls of who God is. He's our provider, he's our comforter, he's our peace giver, and he's our father. Prayers of lament give us language to our sorrow and pain. Prayers of petition give us a framework to give our needs and the needs of others to God. 
And it's also important to remember to give yourself grace as you practically work through this. Like anything in life, as you're developing a rhythm, you have to give yourself grace to learn and to grow. And I was, as I was walking through um, Psalm 56 for this sermon, it took me a while to do this simply because this isn't an everyday rhythm for me. It's not familiar to me, but there is so much power in the rhythm of praying scripture and studying scripture. And also, I want to bring um, attention to that handout again. On the back side of that handout, um, there's another method to praying the Psalms that will be helpful for you to know. Um, so as you look at a psalm or as you look at a passage, asking the question, um, what, is, what do these verses say about who God is and what he's done? And what does this text say about who we are? Um, next one, how can I love and praise God based on this truth? Pray the truth of the text back to him. Confession, same we just talked about a few moments ago, thanksgiving and supplication. So in our, our small groups tonight, we're going to be looking, like I said, at Psalm chapter 23. And what we're going to do is we're going to work our way through those bullet points. So as a group, we're going to read Psalm 23 about three times. And then as a group, we're going to come up with what is the main theme of this passage in one verse? How does that relate to our relationship with Christ and so on and so forth? So I'm going to pray and then we are going to jump into our small groups and we're going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. So, God, we thank you um, for your word. We thank you that it is our sure foundation. We thank you that it's, we can trust in it. Even when our world is, is going left and going right and going up and going down and just swaying all over the place, we know that your word is our foundation and that it stays constant and it stays true no matter what. God, help us to trust you. Help us to trust your words. Help us to, to study and to understand what you've said so that we can grow in our relationship with you. I pray for all of my friends in this room tonight that they would walk away um, from the small group and from this teaching encouraged, knowing that they can look at your words and they can understand it. It's in, your, in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. Amen.